Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, Mr. Freedom Fest himself. I think he got voted in somehow. That's what they call me. Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How you doing, how's, man? How's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm, I'm tired. We're still trying to catch up. And um, we put out a couple of the interviews from Freedom Fest so far. We put out the one with Spike Cohen today. The one with Brad and Hannah came out yesterday, actually. Very nice. I saw that. From Based. Yeah, and we've only got, we've got 18 more interviews that will be released over over time. Technically, we don't even have to do anything for the rest of the month, I think. But we're going to. I think to. the people still want it, though. But they do. We got to give them what they want. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we saw some good speakers. We saw some bad speakers. Um, saw some gaslighters. Gaslighters. <laughs> we saw a lot of weird stuff. Um, RFK spoke the last day. So seeing RFK, I mean, I guess I guess that's cool. I don't know. It's uh, as cool as any of the other famous people that were there. If that's your thing, they're just still regular people to me. They are. That's they're, all. They're just regular people. Regular folks. Uh, Vivek was there for a minute. Tulsi was there for a minute, of course, as we'll talk about later and show some videos from. They all had to move on to more important conferences from what we could tell. They went to the ones where all the people went to. Uh, It was those. Yeah. This year's Freedom Fest was uh, not quite as high energy as the last one that we went to. And I think it's because there was also the Blaze TV Family Summit something. I don't know what it was called. And then there was the uh, Turning Point USA conference thing. I, yeah. I don't know what that is either. And so there seemed to be a lot of people at those things. And that's where I think most of the Republicans went. I think we got the Libertarians that decided to come to Memphis, Tennessee and watch a, mm-hmm. a thing. Plus it was in Memphis. That was also a thing. Which wasn't... If you're going to pick Nashville or Memphis for Tennessee, I think, honestly, Chattanooga might have been better. I think... I. I also think Chattanooga would have been better. Yeah. Um, a field uh, down south of Nashville, when you'd be able to bring a lot of people out to that, that'd be good too. Yeah. Apparently not Memphis. Hey, it was still a really good time. Sorry to be so negative. We saw some great speakers. Uh, Tulsi was there. Vivek was there. RFK was there. There were a lot of other people that were there that I haven't I said really yet. I really enjoyed Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that really, was great. Yeah. I enjoyed... Um, Mike. He uh, went up and did a little barbershop Quartet. Forced, forced into it. Forced. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. It, it would have been weird if he wouldn't have done it because they put him on the spot. Mm. And uh, so that was cool. Who else? Anyone cool? We really didn't watch any of it, did we? Uh, we saw Afro Man. Afro Man was there. He was there. He did mm. two songs <laughs> on the stage, and then that was it. You probably guess what one of them yeah. was, mm-hmm. and you can't guess the other one because you were high. Maj was there. Maj, Maj Tori mm-hmm. was there. Uh, talked to him for a little bit. Um who else was there? I don't know. Uh, Weinstein was there. Brett, yeah, Brett Weinstein was there. Uh, Matt Taibbi was there. Michael Schellenberger was there. That's right. So, I did really enjoy Taibbi's talk. Mm-hmm. Twitter files. Okay, so stuff. that's what uh, that's what we did. Um, the whole Mike. I thought the Mike Rowe thing was really cool. I've always liked Mike Rowe. Uh, so we we enjoyed that. There was the other thing I just, that went I on. Get, I do get a little jealous. The dude has the one of the best voices in the history of voices. I, he does. It's it's just it's um. You can't teach that. You can't. No, no. You're born with that. It's just a natural, like, just booming, 
when he talks, you just want to listen. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of voice. When he talks, his voice has already been there for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just get the room ready for how good it was going to be. That's right. Uh, you also just want to listen. It's been a minute. Okay. Movie recaps. Charlie, you went and saw a movie. How was it? I went and saw The Sound of Freedom with my mom. It was heavy. That's a weird movie title. It was very heavy. Um, mm. they, it, you get it once you like. Yeah. Yeah. Sound of Freedom. You get it once you watch the movie. Okay. Because at you. first I didn't understand it. I'm like, why are they calling this Sound of Freedom? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, it was. I mean, it was really good. It was well done. It was suspenseful. It was also um, heart wrenching and heavy, and it makes me feel like I'm not doing anything to help anyone. <laughs> Honestly. Is that true? Are no, you not doing not, anything to no, help anyone? No, it's not true. Um, but you should go see it, by the way. Um, and is it sh- an actual good movie? It is a good movie. Like if you don't yeah. even care about the content, did they do a good job with the movie? Even if you hate children. <laughs> I'm saying, aside it's, from... What, so what I'm trying to say is sometimes when people have a uh, an emotional reason to see a movie or, or like a even a political... No, like, it's it's really well like done. Q and on reason to go see a movie. No, it's well like that. it's well done. Okay, yeah, I got it's, you. It's definitely. I mean, it seems you know like it would be high budget, okay. even though I, even though I don't think it was. Okay, it's good. It's a good movie. I went and saw the new Mission Impossible. It was amazing. At this point, it left me feeling like it was. Uh, it top. I would say top two or top three of the seven Mission Impossible movies that there have been so far. Was that because it was an IMAX or? IMAX was good. They also, it was just, it was a very good balance of great action, but it wasn't insane um, and like crazy music going and just, uh, you know, I don't know, ridiculous. 15 minute fight scenes. I mean, there was some stuff and then it was also really funny. And they're like the, probably one of the best car chase scenes I've ever seen that also had points where you were just laughing your behind off. Um you're welcome, FCC, for yeah. that right there. Laughing your uh, behind off during uh, some suspenseful moments. And so, yeah, it was really good. And, and then, uh, in the hotel room, Nate had never seen Goodwill Hunting. That's true. <laughs> I told Charlie. Which I thought was strange, because it's it's probably in my top ten favorite movies. I think it's one of Robin Williams' best performances that's not you know comedic, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, what would you think? It was really good. I, I felt, enjoyed I it. I fell asleep by the end. You fell asleep. Well, it's one it, of the movies in my rotation. Yeah. That I that I go to sleep to at night. I uh I definitely think it was a very uh a very good movie. Um it was better than I imagined it would be and I put off watching it this entire time and uh just 30 like, years. Just yeah. The entire time I've been alive, I've put off watching that movie. And yeah. uh you know what? It turns out it was good. It was a good movie. I wanted to mention. Paula said that she saw The Sound of Freedom twice. That it was that good. Really? So I'm telling. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's a well put together movie. I'm going to go see Mission Impossible again. I can guarantee you that. Hmm. And I'll probably see Oppenheimer two to three times in the in the theater. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle the heavy nature of The Sound of Freedom. At least I'm worried about being trapped in a seat that I paid for to watch it. I would rather have the option to. To, I'd rather have the option to opt out if I need to, you know. I mean, so so we'll see. I mean, but everyone, what what are you so afraid of? It's a it's a heavy content. Like there are other what movies that so have, there are other movies that have that kind of uh, content, and I've actually 
just like turned them off before. And so I'm just, you know, I don't know if it's something I'm going to watch. Plus, I only see Jim Caviezel as Jesus, and I don't think I could ever see him as anything else. I mean, he's a hero in this I don't want this to ruin it for me, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that's what we did. Oh, by the way, the um, uh, it's not really a spoiler. It's in the first second of the movie. The The villain in Mission Impossible 7 is, is AI that they call the Entity. And this AI is going to take control of everything and manipulate everyone and change what the truth is. Um, it's kind of like Charlie's X. And so it got me thinking about AI. Bro, I was taking a drink. <laughs> it, uh, it got me thinking, should I be more worried about AI? It wasn't actually that. First, I watched this documentary on Netflix called Killer Robots. And it was a documentary about why we should be afraid of AI. Mm. And... I, I will tell you, there are things that I haven't thought of. For instance, in this Killer Robots documentary, they mention um, they ask it to make these chemical compounds that are these molecular formations uh, that are healthy or safe. And then they decide one day to send it the other direction and see how bad of a compound they can make. And it ends up making things that are more dangerous than VX nerve gas overnight. It makes like 40,000 of them. Uh, mm. Different, like it doesn't physically make them it gives you the computation that you would need to make this thing and um just like overnight the most dangerous kind of chemical compounds known to man and um compounds most known <laughs> for their danger yeah their dangerous nature to men to men not women though yeah and so it was a uh, sexist ai should we be wor more worried about this kind of stuff and is Terminator real? I, I don't know. I mean, if they can ever figure out how to charge themselves, <laughs> you know? I mean, what if, like, okay, imagine they could they could build themselves in a way that they could start to consume food mm -hmm. like we do for energy. Yeah. I mean, we... They do consume food. It's just an, an electrical nature. Yeah, by burning you know. coal or something. <laughs> coal, yes. Yeah. But what if they just it's they build themselves up? backpack. It just a little <laughs> yeah, exactly. steam robot running around. And then you can't unplug them. <laughs> you know? Can't unplug them. And then what are you going to do? I, that's, that's basically the plot of Terminator right yeah, there. It that's sounds it. just like the movie to me. Yeah, they probably definitely be nuclear powered. That's for sure. They'll well, figure that out. What I thought of from watching that documentary and then watching this movie, um, some people will watch those and they will say, well, we got to have the government regulate this then. And I'm just like, what the hell is the government going to do to regulate these things? They're not going to do anything. All they're going to do is set up a structure where only a couple big paying companies can do these things. Mm. But the people in the government, are you kidding me, man? Like, I have no clue what this stuff is. The people making it don't know what the stuff is. It's, it's brand new. And they don't know what it's going to do until they turn it on. And can you trust the government? Like, what kind of regulation are they going to make? I mean, the government, they leak all kinds of stuff. You can't trust them. They do all kinds of just human errors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that brings that, us to the first story. That's, um, we finally made it to our... No, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Sorry. This was... Oh, we could actually... I was going to do some more stuff. We had a, a RFK Jr. clip oh, okay. from Freedom Fest here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, let's do that uh, first. Then. A little bit of recap on things. Now, here's why... Uh, I put this on the screen here. Here's why we're talking about RFK yet again, because I talked about him last week, too. This is not exactly, it's not because of this one being libertarian uh, post right here. 
But this is a good example. There's um, 8,600 votes on this, and this is the Bean Libertarian page. It's probably mostly going to be libertarians that respond to this. And would you support RFK Jr. as a Libertarian Party nomination for president? Um, 35.9% of people said yes. And 44.4% of people... And even 20% said said no. And then we have a maybe. I want to double check that we're good on the sound for everyone. Give us a yes. Give us a... Give us a... H, yeah! If we're good on the sound... Um, I saw the computer screen flicker in and out, so I just want to double check. Okay. There we go. <laughs> we got oh, in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we got in trouble on the, uh, you know, that radio show we told you about. Pulled some clips. and Nate let some words slip. Charlie and I have got a little loosey-goosey <laughs> now that his mom hasn't been here as often watching the shows. And, uh, and so we, our very first time being on the 100 and 60 or so radio stations around the country, we let, we let an S-word slip out there, mm. you know. The FCC won't let so, me be. I saw saw that email come through, and I was like, oh, <laughs> right then. Or let me be me. Okay, so 35.9% of the respondents on the Twitter poll, but it is from a libertarian page, a very big libertarian page, say that, yes, they would support that. Also, I will tell you, a lot of people there to see RFK Jr. at Freedom Fest, a festival most known for Republicans and Libertarians. When also, we, the only speaker who required metal detectors to go in to watch him speak. True. And that's because he thinks someone's going to try to kill him. I, yeah, and he's got to... I get you it. Know, if I get you're, it. You know... If I get it. If your dad and your uncle were both murdered by the CIA or whoever. And you're a presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. I get it. I yeah, get security's so, going to be different. I understand. I get that part. I don't think Freedom Fest in Tennessee where there's constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had signs on the door, though, that you couldn't even have a weapon in there to begin with. Yeah. At this place. Um, but anyway, you. Uh, it was just, you know, not even Mike Rowe. <laughs> required you to to drop your weapons. honestly who wants to kill mike Rowe? I, there could be somebody out there that you know is really upset PETA people PETA, that's right he said yeah. he had an issue with them hey PETA, let's talk about what rfk had to say uh over there at freedom fest now he there was a point during the speech that i turned to charlie and i said he sounds like a freaking anarchist right now i'm only going to give you this three minutes that i chopped up and then I also want to complain to you that Freedom Fest, for some reason, doesn't want to be involved in all of the clips that are going around Twitter, that they're showing what candidates had to say and smart or stupid things they had to say. Freedom Fest wants you to watch the live stream when they have Freedom Fest going on, and then they want you to like pay to get the videos afterwards. And so I hope that works out for them rather than being part of all the Twitter sphere with the Turning Point videos and the Summit videos and all those other things going around. Okay. The reason I'm saying that is because there's only 16 minutes of the RFK speech, and then you go to freedomfest.com, which you can only watch when it's live, and then they'll send them all out to you later on, some other day. Mm. That's it. So that's, that's a bad business model, I think. RFK is talking about his environmental activism, and uh, he will say that he thinks the free market is the best thing for the environment. There'll be a spot here where it's going to skip ahead. He is talking about the pollution of the Hudson River, and GE, he says a few words about it, and then I cut into uh, the story. Now, he does a good job telling the story, although he's kind of, uh, 
got some in his throat the whole time, but he does a good job telling the story and pulling on your heartstrings, and it sounds like he gets a little choked up. And I understand that he, he does seem like a very sincere person. I will say that. Yeah. I think he deeply cares about these issues. He's a marketing genius. And he knows see. if you, you have to know your audience. Oh, he knew right? his audience. So here we go. This man I've showed up with a plan. The same thing when people ask me, what's the most important thing that we can do to protect our environment? I've always said the same thing. It's free market capitalism. Always the said reason, the same thing. Mm -hmm. They ate it up. And we've cleaned up most of the large pollution sources in the river. But the fishermen are now virtually all out of business. But um, they didn't go out of business because their business model didn't work. The people I represent were capitalists. They believed in the capitalist system. And they knew that for 350 years, their business model was working. The reason it stopped working is because the General Electric Company had better lobbyists than they did in Albany. That company was able to get permission from, from the Department of Environmental Conservation and federal EPA to do something that was completely illegal, which was to dump its waste into the Hudson River. I was part of the original discussions where GE was threatening the governor. We have 60,000 jobs in New York State. And if you don't allow us to dump the PCBs into the river, we are going to move over to New Jersey. And we'll do it from that side of the river. And they'll get the jobs. And they'll get the tax revenue. And you're still going to get the PCBs. So New York went along with it. A decade later, General Electric closed those plants and moved all 60,000 workers out of New York State. And they left the people of the state with a $4.3 billion cleanup bill that nobody can pay. And everybody in the Hudson Valley has General Electric's PCBs and their flesh and their organs. And this fishery that had enriched the palate and the culture and the economy and the history of the Hudson Valley for three and a half centuries was closed down. And it was closed down because somebody got a subsidy, because General Electric got a subsidy that allowed it to evade the discipline of free market capitalism. And from the beginning, I've said that free markets are good for the true free markets, not what we have in this country, which is corporate crony capitalism. Uh, a true free market promotes efficiency, and efficiency means the elimination of waste, and pollution is waste. A true free market would encourage us and force us to properly value our natural resources. And it's the undervaluation of those resources that cause us to use them wastefully. In a true free market, you can't make yourself rich without making your neighbors rich and without enriching your community. But what polluters do is they make themselves rich by making everybody else poor. They raise standards of living for themselves by lowering quality of life for the rest of us. And they do that by escaping the discipline of the free market. You show me a polluter, I'll show you a subsidy. I'll show you a fat cat using political clout to escape the discipline of the free market and force the public to pay their production costs. Okay. Well, that's, uh, what did you think about that part of the speech, Charles? It's libertarian RFK right there. It was, it was kind of a libertarian RFK. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Now, one thing he was talking about in this, um, one thing he was talking about was that GE was able to do this because they got a subsidy. Or they were able to do it because they got they, a pass. They had better lobbyists. And 
I understand that it's wrong of GE to do this, but the incentive structure was there and you're not going to find any perfect human beings to run these corporations. And what they actually got was not just a pass to do it. They actually got a release from the legal liability of doing it because they got permission to do it from the government. And at the time that they did that, that meant that no one was going to be able to go after them for all of their damages. And if they would not have been able to to be released from all the liability of the destruction that they caused in the Hudson River, then the free market would have fixed this problem for them and made an example out of them so other corporations did not do this in the future. Because it would be well known that if there was a $4.3 billion cleanup bill from what GE did and they got this lawsuit, well, there's precedent on this. People are going to go after us. Uh, all of these companies went the fisher the fisheries went out of business because the fish are too toxic to eat and all that, and we ended up having to pay for the whole ecosystem of this area that we polluted, and so no one else is going to do it after that again. Instead, what they got was a pass, not just to do it, but to not get in trouble for it. And for you, the government got, gave them got, a pass. They got immunity. They got immune an immunity yeah. deal from the government for hurting you, so the government could get the tax revenue. All right. Now we can we can call that a subsidy. That's what he means by subsidy, by the way, is that it was technically illegal for them to do this, and instead they went around the state of New York and they went to the to the federal government, uh, quoting his story. Oh, they also went to the state EPA as well. Yeah, um, but the uh, uh, part of his story that I think I uh, cut out there was that um, he said he went around to the uh, the feds on something. So anyway. His issue is he starts off really by blaming the corporation. And I get it. They're, they're easy to, to, to hate. They're easy to blame for things. But they're just human beings. And you tell them that they can save money by dumping stuff in the river instead of getting rid of it otherwise, and that they can't get in trouble for it. They're going to do it. What's the incentive structure? You can't rely on perfect moral angels being in control of everything. They're not in control of the government. They're not going to be in control of corporations. What matters are the incentive systems that are in place. But he's not wrong what he was saying, that, okay, if we had a true free market, a true free market, then a company like GE would actually get in trouble for something like this. I'm not talking trouble from the government. I'm talking trouble from the, the society at large, being that they would not put up with this kind of thing. And therefore, either there would be there would be lawsuits for harm that was caused by their pollution, and also people would probably stop using GE products and things along that nature, um, and they could vote in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, they were they weren't allowed to because GE had immunity, mm-hmm. and then they got to leave, take the sixty thousand jobs with them, and the tax revenue they were bringing in for New York State. No problem. Go somewhere else. Get Go out of there. Else. Yep. And those people are stuck with the bill that they should have been liable for legally. Uh, so that's the other thing which I couldn't find on the, you know, I couldn't get in video form because it was only 16 minutes, Charles, was you remember when he went into talking about the pandemic? Mm-hmm. He started talking about how the wealth of whatever amount of billionaires increased. He also complained that we created a new billionaire every day during the pandemic. Okay. So you think about someone's underlying assumptions about wealth and what that means. You got to think it's inherently I'm sure bad. He's yeah, not doing bad. It's probably pretty poor. <laughs> I'm sure. 
He hasn't benefited from uh, any inheritance or anything like that, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Nothing like that. Um, so he in, inherently has this problem uh, with wealth, first off, by framing it as a bad thing that we had all these new billionaires pop up during the pandemic. But he is talking about how the government gave people a bunch of money, a bunch of printed money. And so he is right in pointing that whole thing out. But then he says something that we don't have on video, thanks to Freedom Fest, until later, TBD. We'll have videos from it uh, if we pay for the access. So he says something later that Jeff Bezos shut down all of his competition. That's what he said. He said that in the speech. He Mm -hmm. said that Jeff Bezos shut down all of his other competition. Doesn't say it was the government. He's talking about how billionaires increase their wealth and Jeff Bezos was able to do it by shutting down his competition. At that point, we left. Yep. That was it for me. And people were still clapping. Yes. And And they're all wrapped around the finger. All because he hates some of the same people that they hate and that's all they care about. Mm -hmm. That is it. Well, and he was able to spin some of his positions in a way to his audience, which Mm -hmm. isn't true. Like you listen to him on Rogan. This guy's not a free market capitalist no he doesn't believe he doesn't actually believe in a true free market his economic positions are terrible he wants just as much government intervention as the next democrat yeah he does it's like you know i think he's good on some things i think he's willing to question some things but when it comes to the things that actually matter i think my personal opinion the things that are the most important which is economics has to be up there I mean, if economics affects everything in your life, everything, it decides like what quality of life you're going to have, whether or not you're going to have a life. It decides whether or not you can, you can eat. Yeah. It decides whether or not you can eat or have access to water or shelter. Fundamental or things anything. in life. Yes. And so, and then he's able to twist that around and say, you know, I am for those things when he's very clearly not just like, just like Tulsi Gabbard. I love her on war and all kinds of things, but she's terrible when it comes to the economy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely atrocious. She went to the 95% windfall tax on corporations yes. during the pandemic. And so was RFK Jr. So You I, know what the windfall you know what? tax was, by the way? Shame to all those people clapping for him. Shame. <laughs> it, it bothers me. It bothers me that so many people are okay with this because it means that they don't actually have any underlying principles. It means that they're mad about something and he's mad about something too. And as long as he says that he's going to punish people that you're also mad at, then that's all you care about. Mm-hmm. And that really bothers me because he's going to be confronted with a lot of others. Listen, he's not going to be the president, but that's the principle of the matter. He would be confronted with several other situations while he is the president and have the opportunity to sign several terrible bills and several terrible budgets and push a lot of different policies and sign a lot of different executive orders. And if he starts from the standpoint of, uh, Wealth creation is in, inherently bad, or it's always the corporation or the business person's fault. Those are, that's the productive side of the economy. And uh, he specifically said that he was, you know, thought communism was cool, and then he uh, just found out that it wasn't, you know, later on in, in life and all that uh, at this uh, at this speech. I just don't know, ma'am. I just don't know. And it bothers me that so many libertarians and Republicans are cool. You know, I've seen a lot of people say like, well, one thing wrong with Gary Johnson and I didn't vote for him. You know, a lot of people are like that or like a couple things wrong with uh, some concern, Rand Paul or someone. 
But then you get someone like RFK who has got like one or two things right and everything else is wrong. Mm-hmm. And somehow they're cool with it. And it's just because it's a it's a populist movement. That's yeah. that's all it is. That's what voting is. I know. It's a popularity contest. It is literally. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Folks, it can be tough to know which direction to take in life. For example, you might think doing this podcast was an easy move, but it wasn't. It takes a willingness to work crazy hours, read people's differing opinions, and make, well, what you might expect a mid-level libertarian podcast to make. What gets me through is knowing I'm being true to myself and my values. So whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy made a huge difference in my life and co-host Charlie's used BetterHelp for years. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Okay, so there was this, uh, the, the Blaze Leadership Family Summit Faith politics thing oh, i can't I read the whole sign there's people in front of it so i don't know what it was called <laughs> family policy alliance first liberty yeah uh Vaveline. <laughs> uh gator fig newtons uh something like that um gator h Chevrolet. the most popular clip i would say going around from this thing is uh him getting pence on something and and of course, there's been a lot of deceptive editing or or at least deceptive times of stopping this video from Pence uh, to make it sound like he was saying something he wasn't actually saying. Uh, we can play, you know, I don't exactly care enough to even play the clip, but if Charlie, let, me, let me just tell you uh, what it is people are upset about. Oh, there's that thing. Here we go. Signaled incredible weakness, especially after that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And all along the way, the Biden administration has been slow in providing military support. Make no mistake about this. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine, they still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president. You are are distressed that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet... Your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. (laughs) Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. All right. Mm. There's the clip that stops right there. He goes on to kind of explain that the help for Ukraine, the tanks for Ukraine are not his concern. Okay, that's 
That's what he was saying. Mm -hmm. Anyone who has an honest bone in their body knows that he did not respond to Tucker by saying that the American people are not my concern. While running for American president. As a presidential candidate. No one in their right mind thinks that that's what he said. All right. But that is what a lot of people have been posting, just like this video stops right there, just well, like uh, Charlie Kirk has posted out there from uh, from. And it from doesn't matter. This, USA. this tanks his campaign. <laughs> Every, Not that it was going anywhere anyway. I know. Just like those tanks that he's waiting just, for. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh. All right. So that's one of the big clips that's been going around. It's annoying when people do that. Like, can we just be honest about it? Let's just make fun of. Mike Pence's hair or something, or the fact that he has an absolutely emotionless, dead face all the time, and I'm not even sure he's a real person. <laughs> Can we just talk about that? But don't just make things up. It's He says enough dumb things. That looks like skin and hair just, they put on a robot. <laughs> you, can use, yeah. you can use real things. That's all I'm saying. All right, what else was there? <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the Turning Point Action Conference. And... First off, we'll play a good clip from Tucker Carlson, who I think is going to run for office someday. You think so? You just watch this and you tell me would whether or not. Would also not be a good choice, by the way. What? No. Yeah. Uh, would he be better than a lot of people? Might be. He'd be better than a lot of people. Okay. Also wants to like outlaw self-driving f- semi-trucks. Exactly. You know? That's what I'm saying. Just like the, he probably would have outlawed cars <laughs> when they first came out too, because it put all the... Horse and buggy people out of business. Mm-hmm, all you know. the pooperscapers. No, it's easy for us to say how stupid that is now, but that's exactly what he's talking about doing. Anyway, that's not what he's talking about in this clip. There's a, this is a good clip. No one is punished for lying. People are only punished for telling the truth. You could literally... Literally? <laughs> you could literally wake up tomorrow, move to the Bahamas, start a fake cryptocurrency... Defraud a million investors around the world of billions of dollars. I'm just saying you could do it, and I'm not recommending it. Note to the FEC, not recommending it. But you could do that, and you could get caught. People might have like a balanced view of you. <laughs> He's really smart, good guy. Got a little over his skis, as we say. But like, I'm not going to hate on him. Right? We all make mistakes. Like, who here? Raise your hand if you haven't defrauded a million investors with a fake <laughs> cryptocurrency. Okay, there are some. There are some. You cast the first stone then. Those kinds of crimes, which is to say actual crimes, like burning down buildings, impoverishing people, starting totally counterproductive wars we can't win that kill a lot of our citizens. Leaving the border open so 7 million people can walk across. Those are not small things. That's like, it's not all like forgetting to fold your napkin correctly at Thanksgiving. Those are like actually kind of world historic crimes. Never punished. What are the crimes that are punished? Thought crimes. Thinking the wrong thing. Having the wrong beliefs. Saying unapproved words. And those... All right. I think that was a great clip from him. I'm just saying if he wanted to, maybe he isn't planning on running for office. If he wanted to run for office, I think it would go pretty well. He's pretty charismatic. Yes. Yeah. He's pretty good. I don't think he was, he was popular for a reason. Was he read, even reading like off a teleprompter or anything? He was up there winging it, wasn't he? Might have been. I, I guess know. there could have been one back further. And, you know, sometimes they have that. I don't know. Yep. It kind of seemed like he was winging it a little bit, but I don't know. 
Um, he had some other pretty good uh, stuff that we're not, not just going to do a Tucker Carlson special here. This is worrying to me, and I haven't heard this one enough. Now, you've probably heard us refer to Trump's people as a, as kind of a cult before. And it's definitely very culty. I also think it's very... Listen, they is point... Steve Bannon still shilling for Trump? Yeah. Yeah, he's still... He's still out there. Mm. Um, it's not just that it's culty. There are people who think that we're uh, in the almost in times of trouble right now, in biblical times. And I'll say, yeah. And Trump is the Antichrist. <laughs> okay? If you believe in that kind of thing, he's not the Antichrist. I don't know who the Antichrist is. Mm. Okay? But I'm saying he fits way more that description. You didn't have a dream? I didn't have a dream about this, but I did watch the movie Left Behind when I was younger. And he fits way more into that camp, in my opinion. And here's a, here's a good... Here, let's just play this. This is a crusade! This is a holy war against the deep state! Donald Trump is our instrument for retribution! I don't want to hear Glenn Youngkin in a vest. I don't want to hear Kemp with his George axe. I don't want to hear it. Donald Trump is our instrument for righteous indignation. This okay. That's your instrument for righteous indignation. Praise be to he. Oh, man. He almost, he almost went full Alex Jones with his voice <laughs> He there. did. That's exactly what I was thinking as soon as he started talking. <laughs> you think that's the kind of thing he's going for? Right now, uh, I don't. I've never listened to a show before. Me neither. Um, don't don't really care to. So uh, that's a problem, in my opinion. And I I want to I want people to I want people to tell me why it's okay for people to talk about him like this. You know, I don't understand why it is uh, for religious people to talk about him like this. Right, as if he's the second coming of Jesus. I know. Do people and and the thing is, did they not? Did they not get it? I mean, he literally talked about grabbing women by the P word. <laughs> I know. You know? If any Democrat had said 10% of the things Trump has said, they There's would think that, that they were evil. There's a video not that long ago of, of Joe Biden nibbling on some little girl's shoulder. Wasn't that this weekend? That or was, was that weekend, another time? I think. Yeah, I think yeah. it was this weekend. Let me see. Let me get a J Joe Biden nibbling video. And of course, all the quick. conservatives are upset about that. <laughs> Very upset. No, but, I've never seen Trump nibble on a little girl's shoulder before. No. Like it was something to do. He's got a little more sense than that. Um, let's see. Can we just say nibble? Will that do it? <laughs> it might. Let me see if it brings... Oh, it God, that's it. Oh, oh stop. Why? Why would you do this? Performance on the world stage oh. his trip overseas what is he doing? This is harder to watch than sound of freedom. I know, that's... God, he's so creepy. Why is he doing it? Ugh. Just imagine the conversations when they go back to the, you know, the back room, like, Joe, you have to stop putting children in your mouth. Okay. You just oh, have to stop. Oh, man. All right. Mm. It looks bad. It doesn't play well. Mm. <sighs> Jesus. Okay. All right. What else? Uh, what else do we have to talk about on uh, today's show? We've barely, oh, maybe it would have been better when we were talking about Trusting the government. Uh, trusting the government earlier. But this is a, here's yeah. a little funny, weird story for you. And um, turns out they were warned about it, by the way, well in advance. They have been that, for a while. Yeah, that this was going to happen. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, a typo leak could be a big problem for the U.S. military. A Dutch internet entrepreneur says he has been repeatedly warned or has repeatedly warned the U.S. government over the last decade that emails intended for the American military are being sent to Mali because of a common typo. Uh, Johans Zerbrier, something like that. That's fine. Tells the Financial Times that instead of the suffix .mil used for American military email addresses, people often type .ml. They forget the I. Um, the domain for Mali, where the government is closely allied with Russia. Uh, this guy had a 10-year contract to manage the domain, but it expired Monday with control reverting to the Malayan government. Over the years, millions of messages intended for the service members have been sent to .ml. Uh, the risk is real and could be exploited by adversaries of the U.S., he warned in a letter to the U.S. government earlier this month. Is this actually happening because they didn't renew the domain or they didn't continue the management of the... Is this like a GoDaddy problem that's I happening right now? I don't know. I guess this guy has been contracted to manage this domain. What does that even mean? How do you manage a domain? You just... Like, how many domains are we managing right now? I don't know. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got BernieLies.com. Even had LizLies.com there for a bit because mm -hmm. I thought she was going to do something better. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Uh, so he warned them. He says he started collecting the misdirected emails in January to demonstrate the scale of the problem and now holds almost 120,000 of them, including around 1,000 that arrived on a single day last week. <laughs> These people don't have their email addresses set. The information sent to the Mali domain includes diplomatic documents, tax returns, and the travel details of top officers. <laughs> After he started managing the country code in 2013, he noticed a steady stream of requests for non-existent domains like army.ml and navy.ml. He says that after getting legal advice, he made repeated efforts to warn the U.S. government and gave his wife a copy of the advice just in case the black helicopters landed in my backyard. Tim Gorman, a, a spokesperson for the Office of the Secretary of Defense, tells The Verge and Pentagon that the Pentagon is aware of the issue and is taking it very seriously. He says emails sent from a .mil domain to Mali are blocked, though he acknowledges that emails sent from other government agencies or outside of or outside contractors would still get through if the sender typed the .mil suffix. So, you know, we got another got another leaked emails situation well, on our uh, hands. Jack Teixeira situation only. It's because there was a typo. And they just haven't taken care of it. Mm -hmm. You know this what? Is your government hard at work. I was going to say, the if they only had more money, they could probably pay enough people to manage this domain. You know, it just well, they can't like a few million bucks a year. They probably. can't manage the domain because it belongs to well, yeah Malaya. Mm, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's that country's suffix. I just wish they were running their healthcare. That's the only thing I think. <laughs> That's the only thing I think when we talk about Every this. Every time I read a story yeah. like this, I'm yeah. just like, why aren't they, yeah, why, why can't aren't they? I go, why can't I go through them for the life-saving treatments, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> Life or death needs to be put daily, daily in their hands. Yeah. By the minute. Every single minute, life and death. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I want to move, oh God, is that what's really next right now? Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, I would like to, uh, I wanted to make fun of this. I didn't really go through the article all that much, but from CNN, I saw I was scouring the internet for content just beforehand. The ground under Chicago is shifting as a result of, quote, underground 
climate change. Study finds. Study finds. Yeah. There has been a study. Mm -hmm. The ground under Chicago is shifting because of underground climate change. Now, let's just see what kind of phenomenon. A phenomenon that scientists have called underground climate change is deforming the ground beneath cities. A study conducted in Chicago by Beetlejuice has found. <laughs> The shifting of land under urban areas could pose a problem for buildings and infrastructure, threatening long-term performance and durability, according to the research. Well, they just have to rebuild all the buildings then. Mm. Technically known as, re as subsurface heat islands, underground that's climate a, change. That's a technical term, by the way. First off, it's called subsurface heat islands. And then they proceed to just call it this new name that they made up for it because it has the words climate change in it. Underground climate change is the warming of the ground under our feet caused by heat released by buildings and subterranean transportation, such as subway systems. I just want to point out it's technically caused by the heat that is released by buildings. You know, we take these buildings and put them up in the sky and there's sun and stuff there and they, they get hot and all that. And we stick them down into the ground and it, Probably, just making stuff up here, probably becomes like a whole bunch of heating rods, essentially, you know, sticking down. If you imagine putting a whole bunch of pins, like acupuncture pins, all over your body, and then you made them all hot somehow, acupuncture, it's a new thing mm -hmm. right there. Maybe that would change your skin. It's essentially what's happening. Is this more a result of climate change, or is it more a result of we're building more buildings? And... Now we're measuring all this stuff. And this is what we found. Mm, yep. And this is a thing that we've known about for a bit, and we can now give it a name that has climate change in it. Underground, underground climate change. Mm. As long as it has climate change. That way they can get more funding for these studies. I love that they say that it has a real name, and they've given it a nickname, and then throughout the rest of the article, they just call it that. All right, that's great. I, I wanted to move on to something more important before we finish up today, though because I haven't studied the entire study, the underground climate change study. Mm -hmm. All right. I wanted to talk about inflation for a moment. We had this post that's doing uh, fairly well on our Twitter. And uh, it's simple and designed to elicit responses from people. It says, yes, consumer prices have risen 3% in the last year. Yes, consumer prices have risen 16. 6.4% since Joe Biden took office. That's Bidenomics, folks. Uh, so I put this out on the day that they were bragging about the 3% year-over-year inflation. It's important to remind people that... It wasn't just bragging, though. It was legit gaslighting. It's, it's just... Yeah. So there's more. It's not like it came down from 9% down to 3%. No. No. The, remember, they're measuring year-over-year -year inflation. Mm -hmm. Okay? That means compared to last year... What's the CPI? What's the inflation? It still went up. It still went up. It went up the previous three percent. You didn't save money no. when it moved from nine to three. But some people think that, and some people include people. Uh, this is the consumer price index right here. It keeps going. It's not moving down any, including Hakeem Jeffries, posted out there, and said, "Inflation is down for the twelfth consecutive month." and is at the lowest level in two years, we promise to lower costs for everyday Americans. President Biden is delivering. No costs have been lowered. The price is still 
going up. Now, gas prices did go down. Everything else essentially uh, went up. That's not what he was talking about. Well, I'm saying core inflation still went up 3%. Mm-hmm. That's up. Headline inflation went up. Yeah. Um, core was higher than that because the reason headline was only three was because gas had decreased so much. Um, or, yeah, basically oil had gone down so much. That's why it was three. Now, the core inflation strips those out, and it looks at the effects of everything else. Uh, we've talked negatively about core inflation before, but since it cuts in our benefit, we'll talk positively about it right now. Um <laughs> It is important to know, though, because the Federal Reserve can't do a ton about the price of oil around the world. Okay, so I kind of get that. They strip that out and they say, what about all the other stuff, the other businesses in the U.S. that are buying and selling stuff? That one they call the sticky inflation because it's actually hard to get rid of. Sticky icky. It's the stickiest of the icky inflation. Okay. Now... Something in his chest. It's not just Hakeem Jeffries who says something like this. By the way, thanks for the Twitter note on that, Elon. That's a great, great idea. Someone from this post, which has a lot of comments on it, um, Sandra, I'm not going to say her last name, okay? She doesn't deserve anything. Yeah. Inflation. Uh, on, my, on my post that I said, uh, that I read earlier, inflation is down and expected to continue to decrease. Get your facts straight. Yeah, wake up, Nate. Wake up. What is that? Uh, there's a loose HDMI cable. Somewhere. There's something going on right now. Um, I said, inflation still means prices increased. Those are the facts. She started and yelling at you. She yells at me. She says, prices are down. Across the board, prices are down. That's what lower inflation means. Did you comprehend that with your snarky arse? I, you can't argue with these people. I mean, I didn't, and I didn't argue because yeah. I know it was pointless. Just leave that there. I know. And just let the people read it. I retweeted her. I said, this is why we can't have nice things. And then she blocked us after that. <laughs> and I took this screenshot before I did it because I assumed that's what she would do because eventually she was going to get Google out and see. <laughs> I, I figured someone else was going to tell her and I think she looked. Yeah. And she... Didn't delete the tweet. She she blocked us, or yeah. she was just mad. She probably never looked, and she still thinks she's right. Guys, Charlie, tell everyone what lower inflation means. Does that in fact mean that everything that prices went down? No, no, that would be a deflation. Mm-hmm. That'd be in a de- deflationary environment for but, prices to actually go down. By the way, we don't actually want. Listen, I know people don't won't like to hear this, but deflation is a really bad thing. Inflation's bad. Deflation is also really bad. Okay. Well, and it's a it's a little bit harder. Well, All but, right? okay. Prices don't need to come down because of deflation, though. Prices can come down for other reasons. Well, yeah. Like competition. Generally, prices coming down like that, that's fine. But things coming down, that that tends to, see, when with inflation, I know it's going to sound like all consumption-driven. Consumption is important. But with inflation, you you do want to spend, invest. But when things are coming down, you want to wait because if you just wait another day, you're going to get a lower price. And if you just wait another day, you're going to get a lower price. And so then everyone waits another day because they're going to get a lower price. I can get that next month. That's totally fine. And then, well, if I just wait until next month, I can get it then too. And then you're in a depression after that. Mm. So what you want is for wages, uh, for your pay and salary, and for the value of our money 
to uh, to meet with what the prices have gone uh, gone up to, and it, to not be a bunch of fake money out there. You you stop the fake money thing, and we don't even have to talk about yeah, it. That's like, all we have to do. It'll yeah. work itself out. Stop printing money. Yeah, and then and then we'll be fine. <laughs> um, I think. Oh, that was it. That, that was that was the end of the thing. It's a great show back. That was a show right yeah. there. That was um. Thanks everyone for joining. That's that all. That's all the time we have. One third of the content that we have to put out tomorrow so night. Then yeah. there it is. <laughs> um, thanks for thanks for being here. All right. We're we're good morning Liberty. I'm I'm <laughs> good morning Liberty. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend, a family member, and all the enemies you can think of. Send it on over to Sarah. She needs she needs to um she needs some education. She does. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have grown lots in my life and I'm still not there yet. There are things I still need to be educated on, you know, cause I'm, I don't have it all figured out and that's okay. Um, and neither does Sarah and put her in your prayers tonight. I didn't, she's, I didn't rip her a new one or anything. No, nope, That's why I said go. pray for her. Yeah. Yeah. But she needs to be in your prayer request mm-hmm. at church this weekend. So she knows what, inflation means and if she has children they need to be in there too yeah that's right and especially a husband leave us a rating and review on apple podcast or spotify and um hopefully you're listening to us still because i think now stitcher's gone i don't, I don't or know if soon it's gone will or not. be so if you're still on there migrate over to another podcasting app that's got this show on it and um go to godhatesfeds.com pick up some merchandise and there's a link to the fed haters club or you can go to joingml.com Got some new members in recently, so we appreciate all of you. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for sharing the show. This, You guys are the reason we do what we do, mm-hmm. why we haven't given up yet. Mm-hmm. You know, because you read Twitter and... Um, oh, by the way, thank you to a uh, friend of the show that came up to us at Freedom Fest and um, gave us a little bit of her story, and it turned out that her speech she was giving at Freedom Fest... Uh, was inspired by something we said during one of our episodes. And that was a nice moment for me to have. Charlie wasn't there at the time that uh, she came by yeah. to uh, to talk to us. It's all hearsay to me. Yeah. Um, it, it did happen. And um, that's really that was really cool to hear. And I want to say I appreciate her coming up and telling us that. If you're listening right now, you know who you are. And also... And also um, that we accomplished the goal. I mean... That's a thing. You... You inspire one person uh, to to do something, and the thing that I wanted to inspire was for her to come over and talk to us, and so that was it, yeah. you know. And tell us how good we are, you know. <laughs> and so if if yeah. you if we can inspire another person to come over and tell us how good we are, <laughs> then we will eventually change the world for the better in our eyes. If you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.